Well, good morning to everyone. How beautiful is the body of Christ. Wow. If only we could see how beautiful it is from God's perspective. Even though we're loaded with spots and wrinkles and creases and whatever, tears here and there, uh, the body of Christ is beautiful to the bridegroom. Okay, you've already turned to Psalm 133. I want to read it again. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, for there, the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Father, that's our prayer today, that we could come to a place of unity with you and oneness with you and, and a, a sealing with you that could bring great blessing, the fact that you would command blessing. So Lord, again, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what's in your heart today. Grant us ears to hear, O oh God, what is Holy Spirit wanting to reveal to our hearts today that your written word could become rhema word. Make it personal, practical, applicable, livable. Amen. Amen. You know, having had the joy of almost three decades of living in Israel, it really amazed me that in the Israeli school system, the very first Bible verse that is taught in the first grade is Psalm 133, verse 1. Oneness is of such a priority to God that God inspired His first covenant people to teach Psalm 133, 1 as a first fruit foundation to all children. Wow. And they teach it as a song so that it is unforgettable for the rest of their lives. Now, if we had the time, I'd sing it for you this morning. But we don't have the time. But we'll sing it at another time. It's too good not to sing. Oh, my. All right. Hine <laughs> 
שבט אחים גם יחד. הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבט אחים גם יחד. הנה מה טוב ומה נעים, שבט אחים גם יחד. הנה מה טוב, הנה מה הטוב. לה 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 rhythm starts picking up they have all the children get in a big circle and go arm and arm so so then yeah the drama major says do it <laughs> friends this verse is a cornerstone in Israeli society and verse one ends with the words in unity But literally, it's in one or in oneness. Now, we understand unity much better than we do oneness. The Holy Spirit enlarged my understanding just this week after meditating on this psalm. I love new insights from God and about God. And this may well be new to your hearing This morning also. But I want us to look at the words and the significance of these words, unity and oneness. And I don't want to sound like I'm splitting hairs here, but I found a treasure this week and I want to share it. The normal Hebrew word or words, there are two of them actually for unity, is either echadut Or Shalmut. Now, I won't ask you to repeat that at the end of the message. Echadut or Shalmut. And it means together in peace, coming together, or the state of being united or joined as a whole. Unity is needed. And it is wonderful. But the Hebrew word used for unity here is not Echadot Or Shalmut, it's Beyachad, a totally different word. And it's translated, however, in every English version as in unity. Beyachad, Be for in, Yachad for unity. And out of the 27 virgins that I researched, only one has translated this Hebrew word as in one. And that was a Spanish version. Friends, there is much more to this word yachad than mere unity. Yachad comes from the root word echad, which means one, oneness, being parallel, being equal. Yachad implies that members are joined to the counsel of God, that they may walk perfectly before him. So if we're not joined to the counsel of God, nor walking perfectly before him, 
God will not command his blessing to us. At the moment of salvation, what happens? We are united with Christ and are set on a brand new journey for our lives of becoming one with God. We hear it every week in our life center when baptisms happen. Buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. And Romans 6 adds this, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now what is being described right here is just the beginning of salvation. We are forgiven and united with Christ to start this kingdom journey of salvation that will continue for the rest of our lives. In Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, Paul writes, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We are working his salvation in us out into our everyday lives. And then verse 13, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The truth is we are all a work in progress. But our kingdom journey of transformation begins when we are united with Christ in salvation. But then it's supposed to mature through sanctification for our destiny of oneness with God and with others in Christ. So there is both a social solidarity and a theological significance in the use of this word, yachad. Now we, we can be united by being on the same team or fighting for the same cause. But oneness is about an ongoing, deep, and rich, and sacrificial relationship. Unity can be achieved in the power of man, but oneness can only happen in the power of God. In unity, we may find agreement and compatibility and friendship and companionship, but without God, we will always lack true oneness. And that's because God, and God alone, is the source of genuine oneness. Unity and oneness. They are used interchangeably, but they are different. Unity is great, but oneness is holy. It's taken me 50 years to find this discovery. 50 years, and I pray that it changes my life for the rest of my life. Oneness means inseparable. The state of being one in number as a belief in the oneness of God. Oneness means a single person or a single thing, identical or the same. And it's all about covenant and total commitment. Oneness requires a consistent pursuit 
of a deeper relationship with God. We will not get oneness if we are not pursuing it. The word oneness carries more power than the word unity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not merely united. They are perfectly one in every area. True oneness, therefore, is not, hear this, true oneness is not natural. It is supernatural. And it defies natural, natural, natural reasoning. You know, this is why marriage and in marriage, the two people married are more than unified. Unity would say that one plus one equals two. But in God's design for oneness, marriage is one plus one equals one. And we just don't become united in marriage. We do become one. The two shall become one. And it's not just a connection. It's a merging of personalities and purpose. It's about a surrendered commitment and covenant and sacrifice. Not just being together. Knowing that his earthly life was coming to an end. Jesus made some final requests to the Father. In his last evening with his disciples, he prayed the words of John 17. Let's all turn there. John 17. Mm. And I want you to underline, circle, highlight verse 21. It is the centerpiece of his prayer. Father, may they all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. So that the world may believe that you sent me. Now Jesus prayed that they, those disciples, and we, his modern disciples, would have a relationship with the Father just like he had when he walked on this earth. And notice this, Jesus did not pray for unity. He prayed for oneness. Jesus prayed for oneness, not unity. Because he prayed the very best, the very highest for his disciples. And to be with one with God is the highest you can ever get. There's no graduation to something higher. Oneness with God is the essence. And Jesus prayed that we would be made one with God and be made one with each other. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Salvation can be in an instant, but sanctification and oneness takes a lifetime. Why is this so important? 
Jesus prayed this. This was the heart of his prayer before he died. That we would become with the Father, become one with the Father like he was. And we would become one with each other in him. For one reason, that the world might believe. Wow. Here's the key for the salvation of the whole world. If we can come to a place of oneness with God, not just unity, oneness, the world will believe. Jesus promised it. And this week I realized how rarely I have prayed for oneness. I've prayed a lot for unity. And that's great. But praying for oneness brings us to another level. And as a result of starting to pray this week, this way, consistently, my desire to see Jesus this Sunday morning and to be with Him, it has increased in one week. Just by praying this prayer. Somebody has a radio on. There we go. I hear about disciples. That's good. You know, I'll tell you, daily I've been praying this this week. It's been a fresh understanding. Lord, make me one with you. Father, make me one with my wife. Father, make me one with your bride. It's the Holy Spirit who draws us into a deeper relationship, deeper sacrifice, and greater intimacy in our processing growth into oneness. And if our relationship with the Father and the Son is lacking, it will be obvious the way that we relate to one another. Our horizontal relationships with others depend upon how we are relating to God. When we work in unity toward oneness, the Bible says that God commands His blessing to be upon us. This is why we need to treasure our relationships with one another. Remember we just sang, how beautiful, how radiant, how gorgeous is the body of Christ. God, give us eyes to see your body that way. We see her torn, we see her broken, we see her spotted. He sees her perfect in one. You see, if we're praying oneness, we'll start seeing different. Everything will change because we're going to have the mind of Christ in greater areas. We're going to have the thoughts of God concerning others and concerning the Father and Jesus. Mm. Wow. We haven't been called to compare, to compete, to complain about, or to criticize one another. No, we've been called to complement and complete 
the destiny for the bride of Christ to our ultimate oneness. Listen, the day we get married with Jesus, we will be one. We will be. The Lord loves oneness. He loves it. We see from the beginning of the early church, Acts 1, the Lord saw his disciples waiting and watching and confessing and praying and getting relationships right. He saw them becoming one accord. And they achieved it. When they were in one accord and in one place, they were waiting for the promise of the Father. And that oneness created the platform for the Holy Spirit to be released upon them with power. He commanded the blessing on their oneness. And his life burst forth in both power and fire. And you know, there's another cornerstone verse for the Jewish people. And it even has a name. It's called the Shema. All right, I'll sing that one too. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Baruch Shem Kavod, Malchuto Leolam Vahed. They quote Deuteronomy 6.4 there. And Jesus quoted it in Mark chapter 12. Turn to Mark chapter 12 if you would. Mark chapter 12. This is such a great scripture. Mark 12 starting in verse 29. Jesus says, The first of all the commandments is this. Hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Then Jesus revealed the pathway to that oneness in the very next sentence. And you shall love the Lord your God with all. All your heart, everything that you are, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's the desire to be one. With all. All. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Wow. This is it, folks. And only as we grow in our love for God will we reach greater oneness with the Godhead. A greater oneness in knowing Father. A greater oneness in knowing Son. A greater oneness in knowing Holy Spirit. God wants us one with Him. 
Now, of course, that's going <laughs> to require necessities of our dying to self. Something's going to need to be left behind if we go ahead. It means our will, our way. That's where we face and yield to the cross daily in our lives. Can you see why Paul said, I die daily? Because his passion was for oneness with God, and God pointed out the errors and the things that are preventing that oneness. And he had an opportunity to repent. There's the cross, the work of the cross. Confess it, and then move on. Find the healing that comes at the cross. Being one with him means he is Lord of all that we are. Everything about us is for Jesus. Everything. Now I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul saw this. Paul could see the significance of oneness. He could see that there's a difference between Unity, which is good, and oneness, which is the best, and the highest, and holy. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13. For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Paul wants to repeat what he said to the Corinthians, now to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now, what is the calling to which they were called? One with God. One with each other. He saved and called us so that we could daily die to self and follow Jesus into oneness. Now, how do we do that? Verses 2 through 6, Paul shares his insight. They show us the way, verse 2, with all lowliness. Hmm. First thing on that path to oneness is humility. Number one. It's also the key of how a nation is healed. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people will call by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then God hears from heaven. He forgives our sin and He heals our land. Number one is humility. With all lowliness and gentleness. With long-suffering. Hmm. Bearing with one another in love. Endeavoring. Let me just pause there. Endeavoring means to strain every nerve to make every effort, to give diligence, totally, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Wow. Paul saw it. Friends, I tell you, God wants to take us beyond unity to oneness. It begins with being united with Jesus, but it's completed in our being one with him. He longs to make us one with him and one with one another. One last scripture. Turn to it if you would. 1 John chapter 3. John had a revelation of it as well. He says it a little differently, but it's the same heart and the same spirit. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. When he, referring to Jesus, is revealed, we shall be like him. When Jesus is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Our journey of oneness will be complete. We will be fully saved, and our salvation will be perfected. Wow. Now verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. My prayer is that the Spirit of God would realign us this morning and enlarge our hope and give us patience to wait for that blessed day of seeing him face to face. This is our destiny. Let's pray. Our Father, I want to thank you for calling us. Calling us your children. Oh my God, my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you for calling us into relationship with you only through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, our, our hope is in you to guide us and to lead us and to transform us in our journey to oneness with the Godhead and with each other. Father, I pray you'd make our prayers just like your son's. Father, not my will, but yours, yours, yours be done in my life. And Holy Father, I pray that our lives would become a part of the answer to Jesus' prayer for oneness. Lord, make us one with you in our thoughts, in our actions, in our motives, 
in our words and in our attitudes. And help us to reach oneness, oh God, with one another as we grow in patience, in humility, and in gentleness. I ask these things, oh God, in your holy name, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus, in the name of Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that's the pearl that the Lord gave to me this week. I hope you can benefit from it. Lord be with you. Yes. Next week is Psalm 111 and 112. Amen. Would you pick the psalm sheet?